Run it up. This is another brand new episode of the Run It Up podcast. Run it up. We going in on everything sports, pop culture, and everything in the world of hip hop. Let's go. This is the Run It Up podcast with Najee Adams. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Run It Up podcast. I'm your host, Najee Adams. You know, I got my guy with me today, Khalil Baker. How you doing, bro? I am doing well, man. How are you doing? I'm chilling, bro. I'm chilling. How was your day? Uh, I didn't go to work until like, I just, I'm supposed to be at work anywhere between eight and nine. I didn't go to work till like probably 11, 10, 30, damn, something like that. Damn. Yeah, I had a couple of visits. I work in admissions, so I had a couple of visits with families, and then I took the rest of the afternoon off after that, and just like did some podcast prep and stuff. So it was, it was a good day. It was cool. Went to the gym for a quick hour session, try to get in a little bit, and uh, did some more prep. And here we are. Wow, I love that for you, bro. My day yeah. was a little bit less productive. Uh, I woke up, had some coffee. Um, and then I did something. Oh, I went to go get my dad a birthday card because his birthday's on Sunday. So, you know, shout out to my pops, 64. Uh, my dad and my girlfriend have the exact same birthday. So both their birthdays are on Sunday. Um, so shout out to both of them. Um, and then I came back. We went to dinner. I feel pod a little bit. And now here we are. It was a pretty it's chill nice day for me. Nice I, nice I, didn't, to go. I didn't have work today. So, you know, I was chilling. I did a couple work meetings and whatnot, like just for stuff I had to be in, but I didn't actually do any real work. So, you know, it's always a good day. Um, it's but yeah. a good day, though. Productive. It's a little bit productive, though. Yeah, we was chilling, you know. It's all good. It was like a little rest day, you know. But um, yeah, today should be a pretty, pretty chill pod. It's just uh, we're recapping last weekend's games, the conference finals. I always want to say conference finals, conference championship games. Uh, gonna talk the Lions, the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Niners, and then give a small little Super Bowl preview. Uh, we're not gonna give our picks until next week. Uh, make y'all wait for it, feel me? But we're gonna talk about it just a little bit. Um, and yeah, make sure you guys subscribe to the pod anywhere that you're listening to it. If you're listening to it like the audio version, wherever you listen to it, subscribe, leave a five star rating review. If you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, leave a comment, like, share it with your friends, your family, all that cool stuff. Um, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Run It Up Pod. Follow us on TikTok at the Run It Up Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Nazianos underscore Khalil at below 44 and justice at J Reed underscore. Yeah, you see, I didn't give the the question mark after. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, before we get into stuff, let me let me, let me go through song of the week. Uh, I think I started first last week. So what's yours, bro? Mm, what do I want to do? I've been so I made this playlist a long time ago. It's just like my all-time favorites. Um, it's like 90-something songs in it right now. So I've just been like going through that. But there's like I guess there's one song that I've been listening to a lot of. It's been uh it's been a Drake song. Mm. Um like a like a lot. Uh it's from For All the Dogs. It's uh Drew Picasso. Ooh, that's yeah. a great song. Tough. That's tough a song. great song. It's a great song. See, it's always a good day. That's how I know it's going to be a good pod when I know Khalil's song of the week. <laughs> I haven't actually heard it before. So, Drew Picasso, incredible song. Great ass album, too. Um, I was also almost going to pick a Drake song, but mm-hmm. then I realized I kind of picked a Drake song last week with the feature. 
Dope. I'm actually going to go with a little New York artist. You feel me? It's by Kyle Rich. It is called Trick. Um, It's a little New York drill beat kind of vibe. Okay. So, you know, if you want to get it's a good gym song, though, you know, mm, get you a little hype. But I'm all for that. So, yeah, Kyle Rich Trick. That's going uh, in my song of the week. It'll be in the description, as you guys typically know. If you check the bottom of the description, it's always down there. So go check it out. Um, and yeah, I guess we can just dive on into it. Recapping conference championship games. I guess we'll start with, even though the the schedule was kind of weird. Like I figured that they would do the AFC Mahomes Lamar game last, but it was their fir- it was the first game of the day. Um, not gonna be the first one we talk about here though. Uh 49ers Lions, the Niners ended up winning 34-31. In my personal opinion, absolute coaching malpractice by Dan Campbell. I know that has been a, you know, hot button issue after the game. Was it the right decision to kick? I mean, to not kick, to go for it. You can't be, you can't judge the decision based on the outcome, whatever you want to say. Me personally, I wasn't a fan of it, but go ahead, Khalil. I want to know your thoughts on uh, the 49ers' amazing comeback over the lines. To talk about a little bit about the point you just made about the the coaching malpractice part, um, even when they went out, they went forward. I get what was it, fourth and three? Was it? I think, I, I think they they went one. They one time it was fourth and two. The other time it was fourth and three. So the one time was in the first half, right? I'm, yeah, I'm not it was no, no, no it was the. Good. It was oh, the no, very. No, yeah. It was the their first drive of the second half. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm talking about the the first half field goal. So like, there was one situation where it was right before halftime. It was like fourth and goal. It was fourth and goal, maybe like three, four away from the end zone, and they went for a field goal instead of going for it. And I was actually quite surprised. Just like you know, they have a reputation for going for it. Uh, they're pretty aggressive. I think at halftime he said something like it was just a little bit too far away for for us, you know. But I was still just surprised by the decision. And then you, you know, skip to the second half and they have multiple decisions where they're just going for it on fourth down. Where I think if you go for it on fourth down right before half and you have a chance to make it twenty eight to seven instead of twenty four to seven, I just feel like that's like a, it's 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 like. Very close to nail in the coffin, you know, type of stuff. Like, I think that's when you go for the juggler at that point. I understand going for points. I'm usually the type of person where, you know, go for the points, get your situation, uh, just get your points out of the way. Um, you know, but I was really surprised by the, their decision. I probably would have went for it in that situation there. But skipping to the second half in those situations, like, I – it's tough, man. Especially, um, especially when, you, when you have a chance to go up uh, what was it? Twenty-seven. What did they have a chance to go up to? I'm trying to remember. Uh, so that first one that they didn't take, it was in the it was the, it was six fifty-eight left in the third. Yeah. The, the Lions scored on. They all right. So it was six fifty-eight left in the third. They were on the 49ers twenty-eight yard line. It was fourth and two. They decide to go for it instead of kicking the field goal. That would have put them back up 17 because the Niners had just drove down, kicked the field goal. They led by 17 at half. Third quarter starts. Lions drive down, kick the field goal. It's a 14-point lead. It's, like I said, 6.58 left in the third. The Lions have the ball. They get down to the 49ers, 28-yard line, fourth and two. They have the opportunity to put it back to a 17-point lead. Keep in mind, they ended up losing by three. 
they 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 have the opportunity to make it a 17 point lead again they opt to go for it on fourth and two josh reynolds i mean listen josh reynolds drops the ball and they give the ball back now I was some somebody had hit me on Twitter and was like, "Listen, because I said that's the dumbest thing ever." Like, I'm like, momentum is such a real thing in sports, and like people, analytics guys refuse to be like, "Oh yeah, momentum's not real. Momentum's not real." You, momentum is real. I'm sorry. Like the like two for it was a long drive too. Like the Niners took their time to get down the field. The Lions then you know got down there in a decent amount of time, like to take all that time off the clock and still be at the same place you were when the half started. Like that's mentally draining on the Niners, but in their head, it's like, Oh, we just stopped them on fourth down 14 point game, uh, a, a quarter and a half. Like, Oh, we're, we're, this is easy. So like, I get that the lions have gone for it notoriously throughout the season. Uh, I get that their kicker, Riley Patterson, it was injured and they were going with, uh, uh, Badgley. Michael Badgley. I, I understand Dan Campbell might not have had that much faith in him. 28 yard line to put you back up 17. <laughs> I'm taking the field goal every time. And I know people are like, yo, you can't judge it based on the outcome because Josh Reynolds catches that. Okay. One, I'm not drawing up a fourth down play to Josh Reynolds. It's not happening. <laughs> Two, I, I'm sorry. I get it. He's been fine for the season. I'm not doing it. Two, like as a coach, like, situational football is so incredibly important. Like this is no longer the regular season. Your franchise has never, ever been to a Super Bowl, And, and you're deciding to, you know, play a little bit of fourth down games rather than just kick the field goal. Like I get it. I get that. You might not have had trust in your kicker. Your offense has was really killing the Niners for a lot of that first half. You feel like, all right, we're going to come out and get this fourth down. But, like, in that situation, when you have the opportunity to put the lead back to where it started, and when the half closes, like, I just don't understand how you don't take it. Like, it's just, like, in, in my opinion, and I've said all year, like, the fourth, you could go back to that game when they went 4 on fourth against the Cowboys. Like, I was like, all right, this is dumb. Like, this is just stupid. Like, there's no reason to do this. Like, you're just overthinking what you need to do in the situation. I don't care what the analytics say. Kick the fucking field goal. <laughs> like, it's not that difficult. And so, like, it's not like my opinion has changed throughout the year. I've said all year I'm not a fan. Like, I get you have to go for it sometimes on fourth down. But, like, in no situations, like, you have to coach situationally. Like, there's no need to be ultra-aggressive in a game that is, like, monumental for your franchise when you have the opportunity to, like, bury the Niners in a game that you were big underdogs in. Like, and you're already out-talented. Like, you, they already have more talent than you. So, like, the fact that, like, you're in this situation is already good to begin with. Like, don't play with, don't play with the football gods here. Just kick the fucking field goal. But that, that, that's my thoughts on it. All right. So, all right. First half situation, right before halftime, they go for the field goal. I don't agree with that decision. I actually wanted them to go for it. Mm-hmm. They went for the field goal. They go up 24-7. That's fine. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, take the points. Like, I like taking the points. If I was a coach, I would, in a lot of situations, I'm taking the points right there. Let's just go up 24-7, go in a half, right? But I probably would have went for it in that situation. And then third quarter, like you said, what, they're on the 28-yard line? 20-yard line is fourth and two. 28, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm probably going for it right there, too. If uh, okay. if I'm the, if I'm the line in that situation, I'm probably <laughs> going to go for it. That second one, though? 
the I'm, second one <laughs> the that, second that's on that's unforgivable the I'm second sorry. one i'm out i'm screaming i'm on my i think i'm on my couch watching the game i'm screaming take the points take the it's points to tie the tie game. the game tie the notch take the points and tie the game like it's i'm screaming on my game. couch like what are you doing like I know it's a 48 yard field goal at that point. We already talked about it. Uh you got Badgley out there who's who's been fine for them. I think he's only missed like two extra points for them this year. But other than that, he's hit every other field goal. Uh, I think in that situation, I watching some other podcasts and stuff, they talked about he hasn't hit a field goal outside in those circumstances since 2020 COVID year, which is a very long time, but he's been kicking field goals since then. Like it's not like the weather's like a, a huge, a huge talking point before the yeah. game. Like it's not like it's a. We're in San Francisco. There. Like you know, it's like it's fine. Like it's okay. Like yeah. he like, uh, forty eight foot goal, forty eight yard foot goal. It's it's a long distance. I get it, but like you have a chance to tie the game. It's then not why is like, bro on the roster then? Like, <laughs> like it, come on. Like. That happen. It happens a lot, especially with kickers. We've seen recently. Like it's just he's not your guy. You don't trust him a whole bunch, but why is he on the roster? What is he here for? I guess to kick extra points and just do it to that way. To tie the game, Khalil. I know. I know. In the fourth quarter. I know. I I would have I would have went for the points in that situation because then going back to your point about uh, it being uh, you uh, giving the 49ers a chance to get back more more momentum. It's fourth down and they get a stop when they're up what three at that point. And yeah. you know, second half they they, After come they just different. came back from seventeen. <laughs> exactly, and in second half they're already they already have all the momentum. They change up their game plan. They're a little bit more aggressive. Brock Purdy's doing a lot better. Like they they're on a roll right now at this point. So like I just I don't know, and I think it just gives yourself a better chance. And judging it by how the second half had went, like they're gonna go down and probably score again, and then it's gonna be a two possession game at that point. But I feel like if you give yourself the chance, that's exactly what happened. It, yeah, give yourself a chance to get those three points, and if they score a touchdown, guess what? All you need is a touchdown just to tie it up in that point. But if you miss that field goal or don't get the four-point conversion, then at that point, and they go down to score, two-possession game, it's just more hoops to jump through at that point. More hoops to jump and, through. And that's Take literally your points. exactly what happened, bro. They, they don't convert. The 49ers come down and get a touchdown. The Lions then also come and get it. Like the, they decided not to kick that with 732 left in the fourth. So I'm sure they figured, like, oh, we'll just get a stop. The Lions have just scored 17 unanswered. Like you think you're good, you think you're getting a stop. And so the they they Niners go down and score. The Lions come back and score. And then they have to onside kick. George Kittle gets it, I think, and then that's the game. Like you kick that field goal. They come down, score. You come down, score. Most likely, we're going to OT and you got a shot. Like, but not taking that field goal to tie a game is a mind blowing to me. I, like, th I think it puts a lot of pressure on your defense at that point. Like, you're putting a lot of pressure on your defense. If you kick that field goal, hit the field goal, pressure goes back on 49ers. They have to respond. They have to keep it going. You know, they have to do what they've been doing. But I feel like if you, if you, if you miss a fourth point, the fourth conversion, fourth down conversion at that point. You put so much pressure on your deep on your defense to get a stop when they have not gotten a stop. And even if you look at the first half, like Boyer and Irish were doing fine. I know they only scored seven points. I know, I get it. You know, but they've had some drives where they were moving the ball and the Brock Party threw an interception. Uh, you know, they missed a field goal, I think, on their first drive. Like there are some times yeah, where they're Jake moving Moody the ball. Shanked yeah. It. <laughs> like they yeah. Like they had to work for their drives, of course. Like they had to really work for it and uh really drive down the field. But like 
I just feel like you just put so much pressure in your defense, and it's not a talented defense as it is. Like they, I think they had a really good game plan. I think Aaron Glenn had a, a lot of good, like a lot of tendency breakers out there against the 49ers. Uh, you know, they had the scheme going. They were pretty prepared. It was a well-coached game. But at the, you put so much stress and pressure on a defense that's not that talented against an offense that has weapons galore everywhere and, a, and an all awesome offensive play caller. So I just feel like, I just feel like you're you're really you know stacking the deck against your your defense at that point. No, I totally agree. I just think like as a head coach, your job is to make the tough decisions, and and like I think Dan Campbell just made the wrong call. Like, yeah. there's no need to be. I get that's your team identity. There's no need to be ultra aggressive in those situations where you're like, at that point, you're just trying to tread water. You're just trying to stay alive. Like your team is already back against the wall. You've given up a 17 point lead, decided to not kick a field goal to put it back to 17. Uh, Jameer Gibbs fumbles like that's heartbreaking. Like that is crushing as a team. Like everything is going against you at that point. That's like granted, maybe you missed a field goal. You that's might. also that's also a possibility. I'm not going to sit here and act like Michael Badgley from 48 <laughs> is automatic. <laughs> it's, it's automatic. We don't got Justin Tucker out here. But like I would still rather give myself the chance. Like I'm sorry, I get it. Like I really do. The Lions' offense all year has been prolific in those fourth down situations. They've been the most aggressive team on fourth down. So like you feel like in those situations, that's what got you there. So you can't go away from it. But like you got to take into account what's been going on in this game. Like, we have not been successful on these fourth down attempts. The Niners are rolling. Our rookie fucking running back, his soul is just crushed. Like, we we need some points. We yeah. got to get some points. You can't, so, catch a fo- you can't catch a football. You're, you're fumbling. I think at some point, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, before the half, Jared Goff misses a touchdown. Like he he missed some throws, or he just didn't make some throws. Like he he had a uh, Gibbs in the end zone for a touchdown, and it just kind of fell flat. Like so many things have to be perfect. I feel like, um, especially like if Jared Jared Goff is your quarterback, like so many things have to be perfect, and a lot did not go well for them in the second half. I think as a head coach, of course, like you said, your identity is to be aggressive. Uh, put belief in your players. Put belief in your offense. I think in situations like that, it does one. Th- uh, it does a couple things. But one thing is you don't put a lot of belief in your defense at that point. I feel like going for that field goal uh, gives them take some pressure off of them. And actually, if you hit the field goal, of course, but it takes pressure off of them, of course. But you have to think situationally. You know what puts my team in the best situation to succeed here. So of course, it's your identity. You know, but you also have to have some balance in there and think this is situational football. I have to be aware. I have to do what's best for my team here. Um, and of course, if he gets a fourth down there, it's a whole different game. You know, possibly a whole different game. You know, but I just don't agree with that play call at the moment. And then even then, like I don't know what the play call was exactly. It looked like there was a chip, uh, Gibbs chip Bosa a little bit on that. You know, but they got immediate pressure pretty, pretty quickly. Golf does not do well under pressure, has not done well under pressure against the 49ers, at least at that point. You know, if he gets moved off his spot, if he's uncomfortable, he's most likely not going to make a playoff that 49ers are too athletic. You know, so if you're fourth down, we got to have it. Jared Goff is my quarterback. I'm a little uncomfortable in that situation, especially uh, being as far as ways you were. You're not like you're not on the 28 yard line like you were earlier. So it's a little bit different. 
they don't have to drop all the way down the field to get a touchdown or at least get in field goal position. So I don't know. I just feel like you put a lot of pressure in the wrong areas going forward on fourth down right there. No, totally. And then, you know, after the game, Dan Campbell keeps it honest. He says, like, he told his guys, like, we this may be our only chance. Like, we may never get back here. Literally only four teams make the conference finals every single year out of 32. Like, that is – there. there's a decent chance that the Lions don't have the same season they did last year. I mean, well, yeah, I guess this year. Um, ben Johnson decides to stay, so that's a massive for them. You know, like, he – had the Washington interview. He had the Seahawks interview. I am obviously on record saying that I wanted Ben Johnson to be our head coach. He was my number one option. Um, for whatever reason it might be, he took his interview with us. And then the next day, he, while the commanders were on the flight to come meet with him, decided to pull out of the race for both head coaching jobs, which is nuts. <laughs> like you, you couldn't have shot them a text before they got on the plane. <laughs> like that's just insane. Apparent, like, I don't know what it is. There's a lot of rumors. Like there's rumors that, you know, he just wanted to come back. And like, he said that he cited, like the reason he wants to stay is to win a Super Bowl. Well, you know, Lions haven't been the team to do that. So I don't know. Hey, all I'm saying is they never been to one. So if you want to stay with them over us, that's cool with me. Um, and then there's also other reports that were like, you know, he just didn't interview well. I don't know what it is. Obviously, I'm not in those rooms. I have no clue. I think yeah. to stay back to back years, like to have head coach jobs like offered to you and then like not take them in back to back seasons, apparently. Point. He yeah, it's a bad look. Like apparently he wanted like 15 million or whatever the fuck. Who cares what a coach wants? I don't care what a coach wants. That doesn't that means nothing to me. But like I I just feel like it is a little bit of a weird look. Like, like there's only 32 head coaching spots in the entire world for the NFL. And like they don't come open that often. Like apparently he wanted the Chargers job, right? Good luck beating out Jim Harbaugh, you know, like good luck beating out the national championship winner, you know, <laughs> but like I, I I just don't know, like if the Lions, like you just bet so much on you, like the and like I get betting on yourself. I totally understand that. But like if the Lions offense is not as prolific next year, they don't have a great like as great a season. Your stock is insanely high right now. Yeah. The Lions decline and like you might not get these same offers again. So, like, to not take advantage of, like, your stock at its highest just seems kind of weird. But, like, there's a decent chance the Lions aren't as good next year. Like, they – Jared Goff's on the last year of his deal next year, so they will probably have to extend him this season. Uh, good luck paying Jared Goff big money. And, like, if I'm Jared Goff, I'm saying, listen, hey, we've been good since I've been here. That, like, our offense works with me here. I've I've been to a Super Bowl before. <laughs> almost made it to two like i'm a proven qb like i have a better resume than a lot of starting guys in the league right now so like i want some bread and the lions have to go for it next year like they can't afford to be like nah we're not paying you we're gonna go with Hendon hooker yeah good luck if i'm jared Dolph, <laughs> good luck give me the bag like i think he has all the leverage in that situation um and then like their schedule will be much, much harder next year. I don't think people like really have talked about that. Like they are going to play a first place schedule next year. The divisions that they are going to play next year are going to be much more difficult. This year they played the 
AFC West and NFC South. So the AFC West is Chiefs, Raiders, Broncos, Chargers. Chiefs, obviously, they beat. Raiders are horrible. Broncos were not good. Chargers are horrible. That's three bad teams that they played this year in the in the AFC South. This year, oh, and they also played the NFC North, which is Bucks, Saints, Falcons. No, they played the NFC South, which is Bucks, Saints, Falcons, Panthers. Four mid teams, <laughs> like yeah. that. It, it's not hard to build a decent resume when you're playing the NFC South and the AFC West outside of the Chiefs this season. They're playing the well next season, I guess. They're playing the AFC South and the NFC West, which is the AFC South is Texans, Jags, Colts, Titans. Texans are not a walk in the park. Jags, listen, I'm not a Jags guy, but like they've been relatively competitive since Trevor Lawrence has been there. It's really the word, who knows what you're gonna get from the Jags. Yeah, you know, like Colts, Anthony Richardson. I'm not hey, I love these Anthony Richardson. That's a tough team. Titans. You, I think you guys are going to have a decent year next year. Like, you're not a walkover team, you know? Yeah, historically a tough team, especially with Brable at the helm. We'll see what Callahan looks like in that team. You know, they have a lot of good hires. But, again, it's the Titans, really good, still a decent roster, some things to improve on. Like, it's not a walk in the park necessarily. And then, uh, obviously, the NFC West, one of, if not the toughest divisions in football, Seahawks, uh, Niners, who are just beat them in the chip. So we're going to have a rematch. Uh, Rams, who are always competitive under Sean McVay, and Cardinals, who, you know, should be better this year. Who knows? Might have Marvin Harrison Jr. Who cares? Like, and it's then a comp- their division's getting better. Their division is good, too. Like, <laughs> the Bears might have Caleb Williams, or if not, Justin Fields with a new offensive system. And um, two first-round picks. Like, it's like... And two first-round picks. You now have Jordan Love, who may or may not be a top-10 QB in the league. Like, the, the Vikings also will probably get Kirk Cousins back. Like, that's a tough... They're going to have tough-ass games on their schedule. Like... Brian Flores at you know a defensive coordinator like it's like you know you got you know Connell still calling the offense like it's just like it's gonna be tough next year like you said I agree with that for sure you don't know what uh, next season is gonna look like at all Uh, nothing's guaranteed especially in in the NFL Um, you know you could fall off a cliff next season and your stock goes down incredibly like we've seen it happen before so like you know nothing's guaranteed and I do support betting on yourself kind of like you mentioned earlier um and it, but I, I saw a tweet on Twitter. Someone said it's not Twitter's X, I guess, but someone said that uh, he kind of missed his chance and probably won't get something else after this. Two back-to-back seasons where you're not like you're saying no to people. It's not a good look, you know. But we don't know. I, I feel like there's. I was going to ask you like what positions or teams do you think would be open? Like need a head coach, coaching position. Like what do you think could I, happen? I, know, I was thinking little, it's hard to speculate, but maybe the Jets, like maybe he's holding yeah. out for that Jets job. Um, but like, why would anyone hold out for a Jets job? Like that's it's not like that job is that like enticing. Cool, you come to New York, but who's your QB? It, like, if uh, assuming the Jets fire their QB, the Aaron Rodgers thing didn't work. So, like, I mean, assuming the Jets fire their coach, the Aaron Rodgers thing didn't work. So, like, you come into New York with I don't know, question marks at QB, Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall, who have both like kind of hinted that like shit ain't that good here. Like we 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 wouldn't be against, you know, probably getting up out of here. So like, do you really want the Jets job? Like maybe the Ravens, like if the Ravens have a subpar season, John Harbaugh goes, but he's also coached that team for like a, a decade, more than a decade. Like 
the Bears, maybe, maybe you get the Bears job. Jaguars. You know, like, yeah, maybe the Bears or Jags, but like, is that a better situation than what you've been offered here? Like, I don't know. Like, the is the Bears job better than the commander's job? It depends. It depends. You know, it depends though. Uh, a like, better roster for sure. What is what are they gonna do after you know what are they gonna do in the draft? Maybe they go after Harrison, maybe they get get Caleb Williams. It might be a better job in the future. You know, even looking the at Giants, the Jags, you maybe? got Trevor Lawrence, you got uh Cowboys, possibly Mike McCarthy. At one of these days he's gonna be out of there, I think. You just never know. Um you said the Giants. The Giants, maybe? Maybe the Giants, maybe the Buccaneers. I'm the Steelers, if maybe. Tomlin is done. Uh, you know, but like, what are, what do those Saints. rosters have? Like, I'll say this: I think the Bears, I think the Jags have Trevor Lawrence, depending on how you feel about him. Cowboys, I think it's a good roster. Um, Cowboys, some Cowboys, to, maybe. some stuff to work there. Yeah, uh, Bears, I still think it's a good roster. Had a really good second half of the season, like a really good second half of the season. They have some weird contracts that make me nervous about long term stuff, but it's still a good roster that improved. Um, but but like let's say that all those jobs open up, there's no guarantee that you're still going to be the hottest thing on the market. That's true. That's all. You know, like a, another good like a, a a good offensive coordinator comes out of nowhere every year. Did we know who Mike McDonald was last year? Obviously, he was a DC. Like we knew who he was, but like he wasn't this hot of a hire. You know, so like, uh, can it? Did we know who Sean McVay was? Did we know who Mike McDaniel was? Like, no one know who to, knew who those guys were. Did we know? You know, like, so like, guys come out of nowhere all the time. So to sit here and be like, yeah, there'll be a job next year, I think that's crazy. <laughs> you know, like unless you really believe that, like the Lions have a shot. But like, just to double back real quick, that first place schedule means that they also have to play the winners of the NFC South, AFC East, and NFC East. So that's Bucks, Bills, and Cowboys. Like, their schedule is tough. Like, the, I'm looking at the, the teams right now. I'm going I'm to tell you a team. You tell me if the Lions are locks to win. Packers. No. No. Vikings. Nah. No. Bears. No. Rams. No. <laughs> Seahawks. As, okay, as constructed, no, probably, probably no to most of these teams. There know. hasn't been an easy game yet. Seahawks, no. Jags, Titans. Maybe that's the easiest game there. Jags and Titans. Those are all their home games: Packers, Vikings, Bears, Rams, Seahawks, Jags, Titans, Bills, Bucks. Like those are hardest fuck away: Packers, Vikings, Bears, Cardinals, Texans, Colts, Niners, Cowboys. Like they have maybe four or five easy matchups, you know. Like it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. I don't want to discredit them though. Even in the process, like he's still a great play caller. Like he'll he'll be there. He should be there. Um, that's still a great play caller next season. They have a lot of great weapons on offense. Hopefully, they can get a, a leap from Jamison Williams. I think if he takes a leap in that offense, that offense can go to a whole other stratosphere. I do question sometimes if golf can completely take advantage of his skill set. Um, but also, J- Jameson Williams needs to take a leap. Offensive line's amazing. You got a two headed monster in Montgomery and Gibbs. I'm a Ross St. Brown, probably one of the best tight ends already in football. Laporta, like you have a really good structure within that offense and some really good building blocks. It's a defense that really needs to improve. I think you have a really good defensive coordinator in Aaron Glenn, but you know, can you get another guy to come off the edge with uh Aiden Hutchinson. They need another one of those. You need your uh first one of your first round picks from last year, Jack Campbell, to take another leap to really, you know, um 
prove why you took him in the first round in the first place. You need a lockdown corner, maybe another a safety, depending on what you do with Gardner Johnson. Like, there's a lot that needs to be improved on that defense that can only help out their offense. So, like, they're in a weird spot right now. Uh, we talked about their offseason possibly being a nightmare. They need to decide to come back, you know. But I, I do think they have some pieces on the offense to continue to do what they've been doing. It's that defense that needs to take another leap, especially. And Dan Campbell, with his game management, needs to take a leap itself. Well, and so, yeah, I never thought we would ramble about the Lions. But here we are, you know, 38 minutes deep talking about the Lions. Um, it'd be like that. It'd be like that. Yeah, good, yeah, you know. It gave a gave the 49ers a run get run for their money. brother i know like obviously they're up what 21 24 7 but mm-hmm. it gave them fits on both sides of the football which i think says a little bit more about the 49ers and i think they've taken a dip uh on both sides in some parts but again like they they made them work for it for sure so it was a really entertaining game really good game i wish they would have finished it out of course but it doesn't always work like that by the way, Lakers did beat the Celtics without LeBron and AD. Nothing crazy. That's hilarious. <laughs> Nothing crazy. You remember also Noah? 32 on points. The, on the pod the other like, – Yeah, a while yeah my ago. God. Isn't he a Celtics yeah. fan? Yeah, he's a Celtics fan. In the in the group message we have on Twitter, he was like um, – they said that LeBron and AD were going to be out this uh, tonight, and he was like, bet the house on the Lakers. Well, mm-hmm. Apparently, he should have – should have listened to him. should have yeah. listened to him. He knows his team, you know? He, he really does, though. Like, he <laughs> always calls it. Like, he just knows – I think that when they almost lost to that Pistons, uh, that Pistons game, um, something like when they're close to breaking the record or something mm-hmm. like that, he he almost called it at that point too. He knows. Um. So moving on to the next game, we have Ravens Chiefs. <clears throat> Chiefs win seventeen to ten. Uh the Ravens do not score. I mean, the Chiefs do not score in the second half. Ravens offense couldn't get anything going. Two really tough plays by Zay Flowers. Uh, he got the taunting call, obviously. Uh, I believe it was on like Legarius Sneed. And then he also got the touchback, fumbled a yard short of the end zone because he fully extended to try and get in, which is obviously not the greatest thing to do. But, you know, he is a rookie. He is young. He was trying. The adrenaline was flowing, you know, like yeah. I don't necessarily totally blame him. Like I get it. <laughs> But, yeah, that, that's what I put in my notes. I don't blame him completely at all. Yeah, you know, it's, like just it's an tough, amazing play from Steve. Amazing, it's great play. play, great play, crazy play. Um, Travis Kelsey. I mean, listen, man, he he's must reach the point where he just doesn't care about the regular season. And like, I was listening to the New Heights pod, and even he was like. Listen, man, it's tough to get up for a random game in November when you know you're about to wax the team. I'm like, all right, so my boy just wasn't <laughs> trying. I'm like, I, he still got it in him. I'm, I'm trading him in fantasy, but, like, we, he's just not trying in the regular season no more. I get it. He went 11 for 116 in the TD, <laughs> caught the TD on Kyle Hamilton. Like, it's Dude, just... <laughs> a work of art, my yeah. Dude, that – the pass, the catch, that was – It was like an out and up, and he just kind of – Caught it like back, late, late hands turn around, back shoulder, like, back shoulder, tough, beautifully placed. It was great, tough. Um, and yeah, the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. No team has gone back to back Super Bowl champs since the Patriots 19 years ago. The Chiefs are one win away from doing so. Lamar now has a two and four record in the playoffs. Uh, Odell Beckham is absolute dust. Um, and yeah, I just want to know what what was your thoughts on this game, bro? I said I said I would never pick against Patrick Mahomes again if they won this game. And yeah. 
I promise you I never will. Anytime we come on here and talk about <laughs> the Chiefs, hey, I'm a man in my word, man. So what do you think about the game? Uh, yeah, I wrote down a few notes, and I talked about it last week. Um, I did talk about um, Baltimore needing to establish a run, uh, really take advantage of that Chiefs defense, maybe some QB runs in there, um, and then also the Chiefs needing to maybe establish a run themselves, but also spread it out a little bit. And I think we saw – we didn't okay, – we saw a little bit of it, but also the opposite for the, the Ravens. I don't think they established the run at all. Uh, it was kind of weird that way. So I'll, I'll kind of read off my notes and what I – what I saw just uh, just a little bit for you, but I think Spags won this matchup against Munkin. Uh, his defense created pressure, uh, sent different looks at Lamar, and the pass game was consistently, you know, um, out of sync. Even with some of the big plays that we saw, I wish you know Baltimore would establish a run a little bit more. But they kind of play like they were out of it sometimes, uh, like out of the game, like it's like kind of like rushing, like they needed to get back into it, even though they were only down what seventeen seven at one point you know, 14-7, whatever the case was, they played like they were down, you know, 28-5 or 28-3 or something like that. I don't know why I said 28-3. It makes mine remind me of the Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't – I don't think it was Lamar's best game. I think he had some opportunities to cut it close, uh, but he really just wasn't in sync. He wasn't comfortable in the pocket. Uh, he was – he was, you know, there was he a looked lot a little bit indecisive. Like he, he, no, he was he was very indecisive uh, in the pocket. You know, he wasn't seeing it clearly. And he was you know he was kind of wasn't he just wasn't seeing it clearly. Like he uh, the uh, the Chiefs gave a lot of different looks at him, and he just wasn't always you know decisive. wasn't always confident in what he was going for. Uh, even some of the throws he did make and was decisive on, like he just he he missed. We didn't see the same Lamar that we had seen. I think at the the same level, you know, all season. You know, so it's kind of weird to see that from him. I do think he still has some strides to take uh, as a as a quarterback, honestly, when it comes to you know managing the game. So I think I put this in my notes somewhere. I think he is a phenomenal. If you go back to Cam Newton's comments, he's an amazing game changer. Like he is going to change the game completely. He's always going to give your 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 team a chance to win the game, right? But I think it's the game manager aspect of his game that always needs some that does need some refining. So I think getting more command of the offense, uh, having more answers against the blitz, which is can be um, it, it can you know say a little bit more about Munkin in that in that case. But who knows? But he needs more command of the offense. He needs to be more patient. He needs to know uh, you know when to take those big shots, when just to you know uh, dip it down or dunk it down. Uh, he needs to even go through more of his progressions a lot of the time. Like, I think he can read he, – he's shown it where he can read a full field. He can do the full field read. Uh, but sometimes even getting to that backside dig where you got an OBJ who's wide open a few times throughout the game and he never gets it to him. He either checks it down or he's taken off to run or he's, like, trying to create a little bit out of nothing. But the reads are there. So I, I just feel like he has a little bit ways to go as far as developing into a, a pocket passer. Uh, just going a little bit more with the notes. Uh, Baltimore as a whole, I think they faltered too much and made life more difficult on themselves. It wasn't just Lamar. It was Zay Flowers. It was Roquan Smith. It was Clowney. Uh, the pass protection was poor. They That offensive line could not block the Chiefs very well. They were confused. Uh, you know, different looks. Uh, Spags backing people out of there, bringing a lot of people to the line, sending different blitzers here and there. Uh, just uh, yeah, Justice Hill was terrible in pass pro as well. Like, it did not help out Lamar even then. Uh, the play calling and then also just establishing identity was not good for the Ravens. And then on the Chiefs' side, I think they were surgical. Like, Mahomes and Andy Reid were methodical. A lot of amazing drives, a lot of diversity on both sides of the football. 
Mahomes and Andy Reid did a great job taking advantage of what Baltimore gave them. Uh, they were patient. Uh, they established the run game, set the tone. Even if the run game wasn't efficient, they had tough runs, and they kept going with the run game. RPO screen game was amazing. Uh, always took advantage of Baltimore in those looks and then were rarely behind the chains ever. They were always usually um, in, like, really manageable distances, like, you know, third and twos, uh, you know, second and six, or whatever it was, they were always in manageable distance. And then the Chiefs were always their aggressor from the very beginning, even at that point, too. So I just think there's a lot to take away from this game. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think Mahomes and Andy Reid they play like a team, the Chiefs, they play like a team that has been there before. And the Ravens basically play like a team that's, you know, never been in this situation or hasn't been in this situation, you know, all together at the same time. Yeah, I think, that's yeah, a basically. It's a ramble. No, 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 I love when you ramble. Basically, <laughs> just piggyback off what you said. I think Lamar looked pretty indecisive. I think there were lanes for him to run a little bit more. And, you know, I, I tweeted it out like he's trying to, you know, which was this is very baity, but like trying to be Mahomes instead of being Lamar. And like, I don't even know necessarily what that means, but like I was going for the likes on Twitter. But it's like I just feel like there were like a couple more lanes for him to run and he was, you know, trying to air it out, which like I, I get it. Like there were a couple deep throws he missed on that might have been there. I think the Ravens were going for like a trying to bait the PIs that just weren't getting it. Like I know Isaiah likely was trying to get the PI on that pick in the end zone, even though he was like triple covered, still threw it, called for it open. Tried to oh, get you know, real quick on that one. I for a split second, I actually think he was open. Um he was. He he like definitely he was, was. Like, if, Lamar also wasn't looking at him though. Like he he read the right side of the field first. So like he read the right side of the field. Nothing was there. Uh, thought the safety on the left side was somewhere else that he wasn't, um, and just like threw it without even looking basically to, to see what the safety blind was. trust threw, threw it to the just threw it to the middle of the field super late. And at that point he floated it up there. So like if he would have thrown it immediately, it likely was his first read on that play. That's possible he needs to just throw it right there. But also. I mentioned it earlier, he had a backside dig. OBJ was coming open because that safety went to the middle of the field. But I even think if if you know Lamar struggles getting to that read, then you're not even worried about that backside mm -hmm. dig. You know, so like at that point, like he was open for a split second, but he was just way too late to make that kind of throw. Yeah, I also do. I give it to them. I think it was a little bit of P.I., but like in no situations, ref doesn't call it like you can't rely on that call. You know, like in that situation where like the game's on the line, it was like six, seven minutes left in the fourth. You can't rely on getting a PI there. You just just can't be the, yeah. the play, you know. Um, and so, yeah, I think like Lamar's probably going to get the MVP, two MVPs, two playoff wins. Like, but like, I do still think there's a lot of time for him to I, I think because Mahomes has been so successful. Like people kind of compare a lot of QBs nowadays to Mahomes and not like, you know, Josh Allen never been to the Super Bowl, lost 0-3 versus Mahomes, Lamar Jackson can't get it done, Joe Burrow lost to the Super Bowl. But it's like these guys are still really young and like yeah. the, the the talent in the AFC is especially at quarterback is insane. And so like these guys, I'm sure they will all have their chance. If Like I would Maybe. say that. I, I I think they will. Like, I think at least all of them will reach a Super Bowl. Obviously, Josh Allen's the only one that hasn't. Oh, Josh Allen and Lamar. But, like, I think all four of them get to one. Obviously, Mahomes and Burrow already have been. But, like, I think at least all four of them get to one. Shit happens. Just, injuries happen. I don't know about that, man. 
You don't think so? I don't. You just don't. You just never know. Like so, so much depends on everything else. Like they're like we can say they're always going to be talented quarterbacks. They're always going to be top five quarterbacks for a very long time for like most of their career. But we don't know the other part. So much is about teams. Uh, the teams you're playing, injuries do happen. Like you said, like you just can't guarantee the rest of those guys get to a Super Bowl. Or no, I'm not guaranteeing it, but I'm or, saying or, like if I had you're, to, you're I betting would, that all three of those I would guys bet get that to all another three Super Bowl. Not counting Mahomes, yeah. I, no, no, got, no. Not okay, saying so Burrow got, gets to another one. I'm saying, like, at okay. least all four of them get to one. Okay, maybe. And two of them maybe. already have been to one. That's true. So it's really just Josh Allen and Lamar. Like, yeah. I, I think I think they, they get to a Super Bowl eventually. Um, But I just think a lot of people, like, a lot of quarterbacks success nowadays is judged on, like, comparing to Mahomes and, like, He's in a whole different stratosphere. Like he, he's an outlier. Like he's chasing Brady. He's not chasing, he's not chasing Lamar Jackson. He's not chasing Josh Allen. He's not chasing Aaron Rodgers. He's chasing the best player to ever play ever. So like I just think to compare quarterbacks nowadays to him is a little bit outrageous, you know? So like Yeah, we need to stop doing that. We need to stop. Doing yeah, that. yeah. I think like he's on a completely different stratosphere. Like, let another start. Does any other starting QB in the league have two Super Bowls? <laughs> like, oh, like I, I don't know. Like, All right. After this, if he wins this one, will he have more than every starting QB in the league combined? Like, I think that's a what? good. I, I got to look that Burrow. up. Stafford got one. Burrow's none. He said starting, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Stafford. Okay. So it's none Stafford. of the NFC West quarterbacks have one. <laughs> it's Stafford. It's just Stafford, right? Like, it's just Stafford. It's just Stafford. Like, no other QB, no other starting QB has a – nah, that can't be true. No – Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has, has a chip. Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> you know, Aaron Rodgers has a chip. Wait, like, when? Oh, okay, okay, never mind. I'm just thinking the past few years because he's been – Yeah, he hasn't six, been to one, you know, but he has – Six straight AFC championships. Yeah. Brady's gone. Stafford's Aaron Rodgers, 1-0 in the Super Bowl. I'll yeah. go through the team. I'll go through the teams right now. Right. All right. So, hold on. Let me get a good. I mean, yeah, four, I'm looking eight, at them. So, 16. I need a full list of all teams. I mean, Flacco, I guess, but like, he's like, I mean, sir. come on. What are we talking about? Um, all right. So, Bills, Josh Allen has zero. Tua has zero. Mac Jones has zero. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has one. Lamar has zero. Burrow has zero. Deshaun has zero. Uh, Kenny Pickett has zero. CJ Stroud has zero. <laughs> Anthony Richardson has zero. Trevor Lawrence, none. Ryan Tannehill, Malik Willis, Will Levis, none. Uh, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson has one. <laughs> so, so, but he might not. What team is he even on? <laughs> but okay, so that's one between Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. Mahomes has two. Jimmy G has n- none. Well, he does have one. He has one with the Patriots, but he wasn't a starter. I don't so, think like, he's a starter anymore? Yeah, you know, like I, I'm not, I'm not counting that. But he Aiden does. Have, he does have one. Uh, Herbert has none. Dak has none. Daniel Jones has none. Hertz has none. Whoever the Commanders QB is, Sam Howell has none. Justin Fields zero. Jared Goff zero. Uh, Jordan Love none. Kirk Cousins none. Desmond Ritter none. Bryce Young. Uh, Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, Tyler Stafford has one. Herdy has none. Gino has none. So it's really Stafford, Russell Wilson, 
and Aaron Rodgers (laughs) and Jimmy G. But like, those are the only, if he wins this Super Bowl, he'll have the same amount as every other starting QB combined. It's insane. It's insane. (laughs) That's insane. So like to compare him to like Josh Allen and shit is like, cool. Josh Allen's a great quarterback. But, like, there's nobody we've ever seen that's been Mahomes. So that kind of gets – oh, and I also want to talk about the Ravens, like, going into the offseason, right? Like, they have a decent amount of, of free agents. I'm trying to pull it up real quick. But I know off the top of my head, Patrick Queen is a free agent. Um, Justin Matabuke is a free agent. Kevin Zeitler is a free agent. John Simpson, Gus Edwards, Davion Clowney, Ronald Darby, Geno Stone, who had seven interceptions, Kyle Vinoy, who was had a great season, Nelson Aguilar, Devin Duvernay, Tyler Huntley's a free agent, J.K. Dobbins is a free agent. Obviously, he didn't play for them, but like I think coming into the season, they had really high hopes for him. Um, so like they have a lot of guys that that this this team will not be the same team coming into next season. Um, and so like and a lot of those guys are on the defensive end. And I don't know if you know or not, but they just lost their defensive coordinator uh, because he took a job at the Seattle Seahawks, baby. <laughs> and so that brings us to that. Mike McDonald, Ravens defensive coordinator, some described as the defensive Sean McVay, has taken a job with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I'm ecstatic. I made it clear. And I'm not moving the goalposts. I made it clear that I wanted Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson's weird. I called him a different name in our text club, but I won't say it here. Uh Ben Johnson's weird. He decided to stay with the Lions. Uh, Bobby Slowick signed uh, an extension to stay with the Texans. He got a pay raise. Good for him. Shout out to Bobby Slowick. No hard feelings. I can't wait to play the Lions, though. I tell you that much. I can't wait to play the Lions. And then we get Mike McDonald, which I'm very, very, very happy about. Um, So they... Don't have a current and, and hey, maybe you hear you hear the way Patrick Queen talks about Mike McDonald? He's a free agent. We picked him, we picked Jordan Brooks one pick before the Ravens picked Patrick Queen. Maybe Patrick Queen comes to Seattle. Who knows? You know, but I'm very ecstatic with the hire. Um, just to talk about that really quickly. I think a big part of that will be who we hire to be our offensive coordinator. I think. Uh, Mike McDonald has press conference today. Watched the whole thing. Loved the guy already. Youngest head coach in the league. Uh, he has already made it clear he is going to call the defense. We went from literally oldest head coach to youngest head coach. Um, he's made it clear he's going to call the defensive plays, which I adore. Cannot wait for that. But he does need an offensive play caller because that is not his strong suit. Um, I wanted Mike Kafka. He decided to go and stay with the Giants. That's fine. Um, and so we have been interviewing Tanner Angstrand, who is the passing game coordinator for the Lions. We can't get Ben Johnson. We're going to try and get the guy that we working with him. So we've interviewed him. I'm very excited about that. I'd be happy with that. We've also interviewed, uh, what is his name? Um, he, I want to say it's like Ryan Grubb. Uh, he's the Washington offensive coordinator. Uh, yeah, it's Ryan Grubb. He's been interviewed for the offensive coordinator position for us. He's a Washington offensive coordinator. He ended up going to Alabama uh, with Kalen DeBoer once they hired him. And so, like, I think in a lot of NFL circles, he's, you know, 
highly regarded. I don't really know how that would translate. Washington looked fine, but like they also didn't look great in the national championship. And I'm not a big Michael Penix guy, so you know who knows. Um, and well, then we, I mean that Michigan defense is is insanely nuts. good. Insanely which also, which also has some of the same ties to a Mike McDonald defense because he was well. the Michigan DC baby. Yeah, so like you know, it's just it's different. You know, yeah, oh yeah, it's, it's going to be different. I, I'm telling you, I cannot wait to play Ben Johnson. I'm waiting. I hope we play the Lions, man. He gonna rue the day he ain't take this goddamn job. Yeah, um, and so yeah, I'm excited about that. Can't wait to see who the OC is. I'm happy with any of the guys I just named. Um, I did not want Chip Kelly. I don't want none of those guys. Commanders got Dan Quinn. Good, best of luck to you. Um, yeah. So if, if right. I do not stop it, Khalil. I want a young. I want right. a young brother. I want a young brother, you know, T. Martin, the Ravens QB coach. I'm happy mm. with him. Bring him over, you know. I don't care. Just give me something new. Um, and so, yeah, Mike McDonald isn't the only person the Ravens lost. Also, uh, they lost uh, Denard Wilson, who was their DB coach, I believe. Yeah. Uh, he is now the defensive coordinator of your Titans. Um, so they promoted um, Zach Orr, who I believe is their linebackers coach, to be their Correct. D.C., yeah. Um and yeah, their defensive line coach Anthony Weaver, he was also getting head coach, you know, interviews. I believe he was a finalist for the commander's job. He may or may not come to Seattle to be our DC. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I think to get a person to take our DC job, no, you're not gonna be calling the plays is a little bit tough, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, I'm very happy about it. How do you feel about the the DC hire for for uh for the Titans? I don't know too much about it at the moment. Um the fact that he's coming from the Ravens, uh, that secondary, obviously, a top of the line secondary, uh, working with a lot of good, uh, you know, great players. Even seeing Geno Stone have a season he did. You got Kyle Hamilton, the freak of nature he is, and even some other good DBs over on that side. So it's a really good, like, it's awesome to see that kind of hire. He also worked with Mike McDonald. That's great too. Uh, just helped really elevate that defense. So I feel really good about it. You know, you love to see hires like this and. Uh, the Titans are, I think, heading in the right direction. We already, I mentioned already, but like coaching staff, um, that was going to be super important to see who Brian Callahan brought in with him. So I think it's heading in the right direction. Of course. What in his pops? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even bringing in Bill. So like we're heading in a good direction because our offensive line was terrible last season, but we're, it's a good spot to be in so far. We'll see free agency, what Rand Carthon does there. We'll see the draft, what he does there, what directions we go in because uh, we have a lot of different needs, but. Man, I'm I'm happy for the moment. I just yeah, can't I'm, wait to man, get. We're to both it. happy, man. I saw Ravens fans legitimately like angry that they didn't fire John Harbaugh and hire Mike McDonald. Man, it's so, so weird to me. So I was happy. I'm like, listen, if Ravens fans believe in this man that much, he gotta be the real deal. You feel know I me? Mean? So I'm happy with it. Um, because like Harbaugh's 12 and 10 in the playoffs, so like he's not like he has this insane playoff record, but like he also did bring them a chip. So like you know he does get a little bit of a leash there. Yeah. And they are consistently competitive. So um, I think that's it'd be, about it. It'll be wild to see what McDonald does with that defense already. And then hopefully they can, you all can really attack the draft in the right way, bring in some pieces there. Um, you, we already talked about it. Like Edge is a huge part of it. Um, bringing in maybe another linebacker, safety, speed line, whatever. I mean, you, there's a few needs, but some really yeah. good building blocks. Yeah, no, I think he does a great job getting like the, the the most out of players who haven't necessarily played to their potential. 
so far in their careers, if that makes sense. Like, I think he'll get a lot of like a Boye Mafe and Derek Hall, guys who like we drafted to be real game changers and, you know, just haven't really been that so far. So, like, that's what I'm excited about his scheme. Like, apparently he schemes, like, he schemes to player strengths. And so, like, they yeah. have the opportunity to take advantage of that. You see a bunch of players on the Ravens had career years. Um, so, I'm excited for him to bring that to Seattle. Um, Witherspoon is going to. He's gonna use the Ooh, like, baby. He's already be, in think, the, he's already in the Pro it, Bowl, so we can only yeah. go up. I think it'll be similar to like a Kyle Hamilton way of using them, just like in just in different ways. Not exactly we teach things. Tariq Woolen how to tackle. I'm hey, we got a good little <laughs> duo. We got a good little duo. I'm excited. Um, but yeah, uh, that, that, that kind of wraps about Ravens talk. I did want to go last thing before we do a little Super Bowl preview. Uh how legitimate do you think the Mahomes GOAT talks are? You know, six years as a starter. Never miss an AFC championship game, undefeated in the wild card and divisional, two Super Bowls, two Super Bowls MVPs, could be three. Most him and Kelsey have the most playoff TDs by any duo, 1483 playoff record. Two of those losses are to Tom Brady, though, one being in the Super Bowl. Um, which I, I tweeted this earlier, like a, a little bit a, a while ago. Like for now, people don't really bring that up because it's like, oh, you know, the Tom Brady got seven chips. He's needed a couple more. But when Mahomes gets that, like if Mahomes really gets like six or seven, I promise you it's going to get nasty. When players be like, well, he played Brady twice and Brady beat him both times. So like him not being able to get one off on Brady is definitely going to be a nail in his legacy. But, you know, we're not, no one brings it up now because like it still feels so far away. Yeah, I responded to that tweet too because I'm not letting D Ford off the hook. When it comes to that, I'm just not. He's not going to be forgotten in that part of uh, Mahomes and the Brady legacy conversation there, because he he ruined it. He ruined it. He did. He absolutely was, did ruin it. Yeah. So I'm not letting that be forgotten at all. Um, I think Mahomes obviously has a way to go as far as just getting to that stature. Uh, I think you can. It can maybe it can maybe be semantics a little bit if you want to talk about you know maybe he's the best quarterback you've ever seen just as far as a quarterback or most talented whatever it looks like um, greatest however you want to define that like goat status um, you know it, it's hard to put him in that category just because of the winning and just needing to see more of it just the longevity side of things and and seeing what Brady did but just far as being like the the best I've seen or play the position. Like with talent, uh, the, the the mentality of it, the part of it being a quarterback, the smarts are like coming along. Like he's already like super advanced for where he is, uh, for how long he's been in the league. Like he has commanded the offense, you know, protections. Uh, you know, he is patient now. He's smart. He uh, is a master manipulator in the pocket. Uh, like he has everything. He has everything you want at the quarterback position, right? Um, it just you'd want to see a little bit more out of the career side of things, but just as far as being the best quarterback you've seen, played football, throw a football, like I think that you can say that and not you know have it be controversial, right? Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's I think that's pretty undebate, like not debate. That's fine. Like, like I, I think that like the goat thing because you have to take into account like total bottle body of work, legacy, whatever you want to call it. Like, obviously, he's only 28. He has a way to go. What Tom Brady played to is like 41 or some crazy shit like that. Like, yeah. he, he still got he took out maybe a decade left in the league. <laughs> um, and so, like, I think that you have to kind of pump the brakes on. But, like, I think if he wins this next one, like, I think it's very easy to say, like, oh, he's the second best player ever. 
and like on a decently good trajectory to get to one, but like pure talent wise, I don't think it's a question. Like, I think it's very easy to be like, yeah, he's the greatest quarterback we've ever seen play the position. Like, <laughs> like, and, and, and I'm fine saying that, like, I'm totally cool with that. Tom Brady is amazing, but like, I think people would, I think a lot of people said that like Aaron Rodgers was the most talented player to play the position I was like, and, and still consider Tom Brady the GOAT. So like, I think we can just swap Pat Mahomes in, in that, in, in that Aaron Rodgers spot and still consider Tom Brady the GOAT, you know? Did you see the picture of his body? Mahomes? Yeah. He's got a little dad bod on him. Yeah. Got a little dad I, bod. Just like as a, like a feature down the line thing. Like, I hope he takes care of his body. Bro. Oh, you, oh, you think he, you, you think he's got a little bit of a weight issue? <laughs> That makes it was just I just I was just shocked. All right, I was just shocked. No, I thought he was a little bit more ripped than that, you know. But also, like, I don't know. I don't know how he be getting out of crazy shit. But like, I feel like maybe he felt like he had to put a little bit of weight on so like he could get out of more. Like he could be a little bit harder to bring down. I guess. Man. <laughs> no. Like he's also I mean, when he's, you win the chip, I'm sure you have a crazy off season. So yeah. like, like he's. Just, I mean, he's just good enough as an athlete, obviously. Like, even just based off the way he looks, but like, it's just, it just shocks me. That's all. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't blame you. I was also kind of like, oh, I thought he had a little bit. They had a little bit of ab to him, but no, I respect it. You know, I respect a little bit of a little bit of dad bodness. Um, that brings us to our Super Bowl preview. Like we said, we're not gonna give the picks until next week because you know we gotta iron it out. It's still a lot of time to go, but we do have a what twenty twenty Super Bowl rematch of. 49ers Chiefs uh obviously the Chiefs ended up winning the last one for Pat Mahomes' second ring no first ring first ring uh second came against the Eagles last year but um yeah bro uh Kyle Shanahan I've re- I realized this today he's been involved in the two biggest blown leads in Super Bowl history because he was the OC of the Falcons in the 28 to 3 game and the Chiefs what 10 point deficit in the fourth to come back and win in the 2020 Super Bowl, he was the head coach of the Niners. So, you know, Kyle Shanahan has got a little bit of a, a, jo- a problem finishing the job. So so we'll see if he can do it here. Obviously, Mahomes playing for a legacy. Kyle Shanahan trying to get a ring. Brock Purdy going from Mr. Irrelevant to Super Bowl champion. Maybe Super Bowl MVP. Who knows? Uh, Travis Kelsey going for maybe greatest tight end of all time status. Uh, Andy Reid trying to cement himself as one of like five coaches to win three Super Bowls. So, you know, a lot on the line for both teams. But w- what do you think about the matchup? Man, yeah, you just talk about storylines. I'm, I'm thinking about the matchup, but I don't want to get too deep into it before uh, next week's pod, of course. But I, I'm just thinking about like what the game plan is going to be for both squads, you know. Um, that defense over there, I just talked about it a little bit with the matchup with the Ravens. But Spags is like he he's a madman on that side of the ball, uh, you know, the different looks he provides, uh, what he does pre-snap, post-snap, pressure he puts on the quarterback, uh, putting guys in really good positions to succeed. That defense is very well coached, uh, always prepared. They play super disciplined football. Even if they're not great in the run game, like they they, you know, they still find different ways to help themselves out and still got some game changers on that side of the ball. So it'll be interesting to see how they do that against a, a really good uh, squad that can run the ball. Of course, uh, I don't know if Kyle will stick to it. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what they do and, and what they choose to give up at that point. We already know that secondary is pretty special. You got Snead leading the way there, but also got McDuffie, uh, some other guys, you know, Justin Reed. So we'll see what they do. And then also on the offensive side of the ball for the Chiefs, man, like I don't 
based off what we saw um, out of this this Lions game against the uh, 49ers, I don't know what the defense is going to do against the Chiefs. I I, I just I just don't know because you got because you got a better play caller and Andy Reid right already. So if Ben Johnson scheming up all this stuff against the 49ers and you got golf being able to execute. Is that a hot take? It? Is Ben Johnson a better play caller than Andy Reid? Maybe. Oh, I'd say Andy Reid's better. Oh, maybe maybe Ben Johnson's better. No, I'm playing. I think yeah, Andy's yeah, better yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> but if you got a better play caller and then also the tremendously, obviously better quarterback in Mahomes, and you already see what the Lions did. And uh, there's a lot of people open. They had a lot open for them. Uh, run game is really nice. We already know the Chiefs have a consistent run game. Pacheco really changed their offense, offensive line. Um, really is really good, especially the interior guys. Like it puts a lot of pressure on that defense. And we already know Mahomes is Mahomes. I don't know what they're gonna do there. They can't cover very well. They can't do man very well. The zone is just gonna get if you if you zone up Mahomes, it's not gonna be a good day for you. So I don't know what they're gonna do. They're gonna have to be able to get pressure on Mahomes. They're gonna have to really uh take advantage of those offensive tackles on that side of the ball. Um so Bosa, Chase Young, those guys are really gonna have to show up. To, I think for the 49ers to win, of course, but I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to see the matchups. I'm pretty excited for it. Even though it's a, a rematch, some people didn't like it. I think it's going to be a really good game. Yeah. I think, uh, I think, like I said, I said this in the 49ers Packers uh, preview you did a while ago. Like they really do just rush for and then kind of bank on you making the wrong decision. And like when you're playing the best quarterback we've ever seen, who is the best improviser at the position we've ever seen, like, I think that's a tough thing to to rush for and then like he will pick you apart you know so like yes. and like they can get beat with speed on the outside and for all the chiefs is like for for all of their faults they do have speed on the outside like rashi rice is a speedy guy i think he might have had the most yards after the catch of anyone in the entire league this year if not he was up there obviously mbs his entire mantra is speed and then you know like like Travis Kelsey's not a speed guy, but like he finds the holes and zones. Fred Warner, Travis Kelsey, going to be a great matchup. Um, and so, yeah, I think that the Chiefs are, I think the Niners are going to have their hands full. You know, like I, I think Jordan Love and Jared Goff did pretty impressive things. And and now <laughs> you've, you've got to go up against the greatest guy we've ever seen at the position. So I, I think that it's going to be a, a tough, tough night for the Niners, but they also, you know, they're the team wearing white and teams wearing white have won like 16 of the last 19 Super Bowls. So, you know, maybe that will be in their favor. You know, when when you're playing against Mahomes, you got to bet on shit like that. So that that that's in their favor. Yeah. And things have been going their way. Like they've somehow in the past two games have found a way to win, even if, you know, you didn't think they were going to win that game. You know, they've looked pretty bad in some uh, in some aspects of the game, you know, but they've always found a way to pull out in these past two games. So maybe they do. Maybe luck is on their side, but I think the the Chiefs are kind of in that same situation based on the reg the regular season they've had, and then just being able to flip a switch and be a completely different team almost uh, here in the playoffs. So it, it'll be a fun matchup to see what happens. I don't know what they're going to do with Travis Kelsey. I know you talk about Fred Warner, but like I don't I don't know if they I don't know if the Forty Nine ers scheme that way though. No, I don't think they do. Yeah, so like the Ravens, you know, they're gonna it's gonna be like a game plan specific type of thing. Like Kyle Hamilton shadowed. Kelsey for most of the game like he, and he still did what he wanted to do yeah like, like <laughs> I would love to go back and look at to see how many of those catches all 11 catches and targets were on Kyle Hamilton but still like he was 
on him for most of the game. I don't think 49ers do stuff like that. And no. maybe they should maybe they should. Uh and work on I don't like their scheme, of course, but maybe they should, but like I don't know what they're gonna do against that passing attack. I think the Chiefs are running the ball just good enough, uh physical enough. We already saw the 49ers struggle against the Lions who have a great run game. So like I just don't see I just don't see how they win this game unless that that uh pass rush is like special. Yeah. They have not been special this year. So they haven't. Chase Young doesn't even want to tackle. So, you know, um, it, it's uh, it'll be hopefully a, a good matchup. We'll talk about it more next week. We give our official picks. But, um, yeah, I think that's it for the episode. I think we kind of. That's a little bit too much of what I might pick next week. I mean, you definitely did say I don't see how they win. But, you know, I, who, well, who, who knows? Little, I do know who knows. I do. Well, we I've I mean. We've already said we're not betting against Holmes again, so I don't. I mean, I've I made know. it clear that I'm not betting <laughs> against the Chiefs. Like, so. I'm am t- tired of doing that, but we're we're gonna get a little bit more, uh, hopefully, detailed into it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, we're know. gonna give more reasons than it's Mahomes. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I'll, I don't think I'll look back to the 2020 matchup, but just like we'll see what happens, man. Yeah, no, we'll keep we're keeping it vague. You know, maybe we'll change our mind. It'll be a good. It'll be a good pod. It'll be a good pod yeah. next week. Yeah, it'll be a good pod. And so, with that, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Run It Up podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube. Uh, if you're listening to the audio version, follow us and subscribe on whatever you're listening to. Leave a five star rating and review. Share with your friends, family, all that good stuff. Follow us on TikTok at the Run It Up podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Run It Up Pod. You find me on Twitter at Najee Adams underscore. Khalil on Twitter at Balil44 and Justice on Twitter at JReed underscore. Everything will be in the description. I hope you guys have a litty day, a litty night, a litty life. And just like we do in every episode of this podcast, make sure y'all go run it up. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Run It Up podcast. If you want to keep up and see what Najee is up to, follow him on Twitter at Najee Adams underscore. Hit him with some questions or topics that you want to hear in the next episode of the Run It Up podcast.